What's shaking, cats and kittens? Thank you for supporting my podcast and my sustaining partners. I want to tell you about one of them right now, Charmington Holistics. Do you know what an apothecary is? Well, an apothecary makes and provides medicines. Charmington Holistics specializes in all natural herbal remedies and is an apothecary. So what's ailing you? Can't sleep? Got a stomach ache? Got the blues? Well, head on over to Charmington Holistics where you can find herbal support for anything you need. A personal blended tea, herbal tonic, and supplements can offer you an alternative to that Advil bottle while an in-house herbalist listens to your needs as well. Charmington Holistics is your source for all things herbal. Head on over to 425 South Conklin Street in Highlandtown or visit Charmington Holistics on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. And Charmington Holistics is open 12 to 5 on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Head on over, check them out, tell them Rob Lee sent you. Welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today I am interviewing Roz Paris and Michael Ridgway, host from Mondo, Baltimore. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for Thanks. having us. Hey. So you two the founders? What 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 are, what are we? Um, well, uh, we're. So you go. Oh, ahead. great! You would think we'd be able to share a microphone at this no, point, but just... uh, yeah. So basically, Mondo's been around for like eleven years, mm-hmm. um, and we are co-hosts and committee members. So we've been co-hosting and on the committee for about three years. Something like that. Uh, time means nothing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Yeah. Mondo Baltimore it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it started uh, 2011 or so. Um, Mark, a guy named Mark Colgrove, who still is sort of our, our fearless leader, uh, uh, started it. And then uh, another guy named uh, Sean Jones joined shortly after. Um, they just wanted to show weird movies. They're, they're both like local filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, and the original host uh, was a guy named John Bennett. Um, uh, and Fiona. And Fiona, that's yeah, true. Mark's uh, wife, Fiona. Mark's wife, uh, Mark's wife Fiona. Yep. Uh, and, um, you know, over the years, they, they've had conflicts come up. And so we, we stepped into their very big shoes a few years ago. And uh, we're doing all right. Yeah, <laughs> I, li- I like to think that we're doing okay. I still have <laughs> crippling anxiety that we're not as funny as John. That's why I drink. Uh, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah. That, I think that's the title of a podcast, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Could be. So, yeah, you're just dead at just, just osmosis. So we're already in the podcast. We're already doing the interview somehow because I wasn't expecting. I was like, that was just a question to clarify. Oh. But anyway, let, let's let's go into this first question, actually. Um, can you tell me about yourself and your interests outside of Mondo, Baltimore? Because I know both of you have separate situations, yes. and I learned that. And I was like... Who am I interviewing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, um, I, I've been doing improv since I was a teenager. So I was part of Free Range Improv, mm-hmm. um, a short form troupe out of Annapolis that was together for about 10 years or so. Um, and then I have a boring day job. <laughs> um, and uh, my partner runs the sidebar. He's the owner. Um, so the punk and metal venue right near City Hall. So I help out there a lot, too. Oh, yeah. Delightful. Michael? Um, so I have a, I've just kind of been on, like, the the outer orbits of a lot of different, like, kind of arts things over the years. Like, uh, I, you know, I worked with the MAGFest Music and Gaming Festival, a number of shows around uh, town I've done. Uh, used to do a lot with, like, Mob Town when that was a thing. Um, 
did did work with bros for uh, a few years, usually in like um, like a logistical kind of support thing. Because um, while I I like you know. I love people paying attention to me. Oh my god, I love it so much. <laughs> but I'm not good at it. Uh, so what I'm really good at is finding like niches that no one else wants to do. Yeah. It's being like, oh, I'm, I'm a smart person and I can organize. And art people aren't great at that in general. I have learned. Uh, I, I love my art friends, but then you ask them about math and they the eyes just glaze over. <laughs> So that's that's my sort of uh, journey here, and then I also have a boring day job where I I work for uh, the Space Telescope Science Institute, where we we monitor the data coming down from the Hubble, and that's that is cool, but also like you know I'm it's a desk job, so. <laughs> I'm gonna be off mic so much because I'm laughing way too much over here. I don't like that I'm like I'm the person that's supposed to be funny, not the guest. I guess I will say I have some guests that are just really funny and usually like, yeah, I can't look at you, Rob. It's like I know that's the point. Overjoys. Uh, so 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 give us that that rundown and, and thank you both for sharing your, your backgrounds. Yeah. Um, so 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 give us that rundown for those who are undipped, unsaturated, uninitiated. What's Mondo and? Um, What's the underbelly of cinema? <laughs> Yeah. So Mondo, the scratchy underbelly. Yeah, um, it's as far as I know the only movie night in the city that's devoted to bad movies. Yeah, no, but they're they're movies that are so bad that they're good. Um, and so what happens is we have a whole committee of people, um, a lot of like people who work in film or uh, just people who are into B-movies and stuff like that, and we pitch a movie. And so we book one movie per month, uh, and then we show it to an audience at the Auto Bar the first Thursday of every month. Mm -hmm. Mike and I dress up as half-assed horror hosts. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> she is Frau Ankenstein. I am Dad Ghost. Used to be Ghost Dad. It was a very dumb joke I came up with until we found out that Bill Cosby is a monster. So uh, I just That's transposed great. it. It's like, I'm Dad Ghost now. Ghost Dad's a monster. I'm just undead. Um, and yeah, yeah, we just... We do a drinking game too. So every movie, we usually have a have like a drinking game for the audience to scream things at. at we encourage yeah. like participation. We encourage yeah. heckling, all that yeah. good stuff. So. Do little little skits, uh, little games at intermission, and we have our really shitty raffle prizes that we give out at the end of every night. Not good stuff. Sometimes good. Sometimes stuff. the Garfield Sometimes. mirror was good. That that was good. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's great. The uh, the collection of dog training VHSs we gave, uh, that was good. Uh, Didn't we, I think we, sometimes we'll give out like, uh, so everybody, you, you get, pre-COVID, you would get free unlimited popcorn mm -hmm. uh, when you bought a raffle ticket. And then you'd have a chance to win a prize. We're doing like packaged foods these days for safety reasons. Yeah. But usually what we give out is either something someone got in like a loot crate that they didn't want. Mm -hmm. We found it at a garage sale or a thrift store. Oh, the Kermit fret lamp. The that Kermit was the lamp. Oh, that was good. Uh, when I, I went to a flea market with uh, Sean Jones and so the other guys on the Mountain Planning Committee, and he found a lamp that someone had made into a Kermit lamp by impaling a stuffed Kermit the Frog doll onto Ew. it. Just like, just like jammed it right up the center. And I was like, 
that's good. Um, <laughs> That'll do. And, and he like it's a bought it. Holocaust right there. Isn't yeah, it? a little bit. A little and bit. so he he bought it for a couple bucks, and we showed everybody. It's like you could win this tonight, and people went nuts. Like the competition for the impaled Kermit lamp was just mwah, beautiful to watch. Chef kiss. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we did karaoke uh, after after the uh, after the movie, and the guy that won the Kermit lamp sang "It's Not Easy Being Green" <laughs> with the Kermit lamp. So he had a great night. Um, another time, we had that five-pound bag of fries that were um. frozen. <laughs> um, we we pride on pride ourselves on a very distinct brand of like weird trash. Uh, it's like with the movies, it's not even just like the so bad it's good. It's like we there's also like a certain like weirdness threshold and like a certain uh, I want to say uh, like un, like unknownness to it where yeah. it's like because a lot of people know like the, a lot of the, the, the so bad it's good like your rooms your birdemics yeah. your stuff like that birdemic <laughs> uh, yeah which I do enjoy a good birdemic but um, <laughs> you know like we'll bring up a movie that very few people have ever heard of called Dreamstalker which is a slasher film from the late 80s where your movie villain is the ghost of a guy who died in a motocross accident named Ricky Fries. I'm going to watch this. You it's, should. It's, it's phenomenal. It's one of my favorite Mondo movies. Yeah. The sound quality, it sounds like they filmed it in a wind tunnel. So there are scenes where you just can't make out what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> They're, they're like this. I like so. I'm gonna put this out probably on around my birthday because this like I'm I'm doing a very self-aggrandizing like month of episodes related <laughs> to shit just shit I'm into. Hell yeah! And yeah. weird stuff is what I'm into, and nice. this is already going very well. So so Michael, um, tell me about attaining degrees in physics and theater, and what was the plan in joining those like two disciplines? Um. Well, like I said, I crave attention constantly. <laughs> um, so I, I was a, a, a math kid, math and science kid growing up who liked to do theater uh, and went to college, was going to do math and science stuff because my parents wanted me to get money. Um, and they're not. They weren't wrong. They weren't wrong at all. Um, but I got there and I started doing theater stuff and I just started talking to people and it was like you should take some classes and I was like I should take some classes and it's like you should major in it you I should major <laughs> in it and I asked my parents like you can I can I do that and they're just like are you still gonna do physics I'm like yeah you still gonna do the the teaching thing you were gonna do yeah I'll do all those and then I dropped the teaching thing because I saw people go through the teaching program and it nearly killed them so I was like eh, just the science and the theater and that's fine and my God, I actually had a bunch of time left over in my senior year because it's just I'd taken so many goddamn courses. <laughs> um, so yeah, there was it, it, it's just it was chaos. It was all just lucky happenstance. It kind of all came together, and I I went to a, a smaller uh, school, so you actually for someone like me who kind of was not like the greatest theatrical mind, like it wasn't a lot of theatrical programs are pretty competitive, so. I was able to kind of get more, like, get the attention, the attention I needed to kind of, like, bring my skills up and, like, also focus on things that, like, I could do without having to, like, compete with a dozen kids who 
wanted to be an actor. An actor. An actor on the, on the theater. Yes. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was a big part of it too. I was, you know, kind of a big fish in a little pot. I dig it. Yeah, I can admit it. So, Ross. Yes. Tell me about um, applying your background as a comedian to Mondo. How does that work out? Um, honestly, it's it's probably been sort of a saving grace. Um, uh, Mike and I aren't being modest when we said that John Bennett left a big cape to mm-hmm. fill. <laughs> um, he is probably one of the funniest people I've ever it, met. He really is. He really is. And so um, there's a lot of like interaction with the audience. You have to kind of think on your feet. Um, a lot of times you kind of have to remember details to promote things. Like, for example, next week we're doing a special event where uh, the Mondo House Band will be playing the entire Top Gun soundtrack. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'd love to go to that. Yes. It's going to be at the Auto Bar on <laughs> Thursday and uh, that's great <laughs> so we have to remember things like you know when we're presenting but we also have to you have to have that like sense of pacing too because yeah. you don't want to be in front of the audience at intermission and everyone has to go pee but they don't want to miss something you're going to say yep. so you just kind of have to know when the beat goes um, and you should also probably remember things about the movie you're talking about too Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Mike and I always say that we are the the people, the two people, the Mondo Committee, who actually probably know the least about film. It, it's true. So we know a fair amount, but we got some real cinephiles on the on the committee. Yeah. So, so speak speak on collaboration, and this is and this is why because the two of you are the are hosts. So I. At one point in my rich history as a podcaster, I uh, had had like you know guests, you know pod, you know uh, co-hosts and so on. And sometimes when it goes to a live presentation, mm, it doesn't really translate well. So maybe speak on like maybe playing off of each other and being there, not stepping on each other, things of that nature. Being able to work collaboratively in a stage in front of people where you have to be on. Uh, we're we talk over each other a lot still. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing we. <laughs> we Therefore, you're talking over each other. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's it's not. I mean, the, the one microphone situation at the auto bar does help with that. It does. <laughs> I well, I I feel like we're we're decently good friends, so it's just like we can like we share a similar wavelength. We spend enough time hanging out and talking anyway that we kind of we do have a bit of a rhythm going on that we can tap into. And my background's in improv, so I'm very used to performing with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've, I've done a little stand-up, and I aspire to do more stand-up. But to me, it's so much scarier because you don't have backup on stage with you. And I know, like, kind of if I'm having an off night, Mike is probably going to do something funny, and I can just trust him to be himself and, and do something funny. And vice versa. And, I mean, even the whole night is a collaboration. You know, we've yeah. got um, we've got Sean and Mark doing most— and, and Pat doing most yeah. of the uh, do the tech stuff that um, I can't do. We do a clip show before each movie that is usually loosely related to the topic to the topic of the movie. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. And that's just everyone throws clips in a Facebook thread and then someone edits them together. Yeah. Um, our favorite one was about poop jokes. Oh, the poop joke one was real good. That one's real good. Some of those are on YouTube. Uh, so, I mean, the whole night is really a collaboration, and then we're just kind of the face of it. We we get together, we'll do, like, a bunch of us will watch it, and we'll come up with, like, the drinking game. Yeah. You and I will collaborate on, like, whatever. We're doing an intermission, 
and uh, you know people people chip in the their, the shitty raffle prizes. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a yeah, it's very collaborative, like in general, and then then with the two of us up there. And there's also, I mean, we kind of trust our fellow committee members because I've been hosting this thing for three years, and the whole time I've been on the committee. But I've only had, I think, one movie get picked to be shown by the committee. <laughs> and it was a great movie. It starred uh, Horshack from Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that one. That one. He's got a very lengthy uh, sex scene where you see his butt. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like called... the beginning of Stepfather. Yeah. Uh, the, the drink special for that night was called Horshack's Ass Crack. <laughs> I think that one was good. Um, but yeah, so we kind of just trust the other <laughs> committee members who know so much more about film and aren't interested in the performance aspect of Mondo to kind of show us these movies that are funny yeah. and so good it's bad. And, you know, it's like when somebody presents a movie to everybody, we usually watch like 25 minutes of it, yeah. sometimes the best parts. And it's usually a pretty unanimous decision about whether or not we're going to show it. Yeah. But that's also helpful because it gives us something to riff off of if we're standing up yeah. in front of the audience yeah. like, uh, what do we say? You know, we can just make fun of the fact that there's a guy with a butcher knife uh, running around with a turkey on his head for half the movie. What was that? Blood Feast? Blood, blood, no. blood Feast. Blood Freak? Blood Freak. Blood Freak. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I like I like that. You d describe that, and because uh, there are so many moving parts when it comes to like putting on something, re regardless of what it is, you put on something in front of an audience. A lot of people don't recognize it. Like where we're at, we're recording at Big right now, and I did. Um, we did our tenth anniversary show here, oh. so I, I just remember like there's a lot of weight on yours mm -hmm. truly, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, huh, this doesn't work, and that doesn't work, and I just remember. Uh, talking with one of, because um, it was like um, four of my co-hosts on just different podcasts I've done over the years, and it's kind of like a trip through memory lane. And um, I just remember like, huh, I gotta learn this. Huh? I want to be on stage the entire time, and not everyone is gonna be leaning in and helping out the same way. And yeah. kind of being able to, as you, you touched on earlier, if I'm having an off night or off moment this person's going to be able to chime in and do something funny or, and it makes sense. Cause sometimes you have different energies. It's like, okay, it's a little too much. Bring it yeah. down. Yeah. I need you to six. You're at a 12. <laughs> I need you to six. So I watch a lot of movies and I've developed a rubric. Oh, okay. On whether the movie is good or whether, um, it's an unintentional comedy. Okay. Okay. Cause there are some movies that are done in earnest. Oh. And it's like, Oh yeah, nah, this is not good. Um, do you have a rubric, either of you, both of you actually, do you have a rubric and you, when you're watching a movie and um, is there something that you apply when picking a movie for, for Mondo? I like to think of it as like this, there's that one Supreme Court case where they said about pornography, I can't explain it, but I know it when I see it. That's actually a pretty good way to put it. Um, wow. Yeah. Pretty much like. Wow. I'm going to, one of our committee members, Bob Rose, who's a local filmmaker, he says that failure is sometimes even better than success. Yeah. And it's usually a movie that has failed so bad, it's gone past bad and is entertaining to watch. So, like, um, <laughs> so it could be like a weird slasher movie um, mm -hmm. that just has really strange kills and bad acting, or it could be something like Tiptoes, uh, oh, which tip -toes. is. <laughs> uh, uh, love Tiptoes. <laughs> a movie that is wildly offensive to the little people community. Yep. Gary Oldman plays a little person. Just In like, a movie. Sorry, sorry. No, you, you go. In yeah. a movie with Peter Dinklage. 
Hold up. What year did this movie come out? Because <laughs> now I'm going to have to watch it. You just give me movies oh, to watch. Oh, no. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's in it. Come on. Yeah. As, as Gary Oldman's regular size brother. Quote, unquote, normal brother. Yeah. yeah. Who has a thing against little people. And Patricia Arquette is his wife or girlfriend. Oh. No, wait. <laughs> It's not Patricia Arquette. She's with uh, Dinklage. Oh, um, that's right. She's with. It's uh, uh, Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. That's right. Wearing the dumbest fucking hats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but right, so it's this. It's this major motion picture. Yeah. Big names, big budget, and you could see how in hands that are. <laughs> more skilled or perhaps more sensitive or had perhaps talked to more little people about their experiences, this would have been a good movie that we could, like, talk and grow and laugh together. It's such Oscar bait. Oh, my God. It's a complete failure Oscar bait. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's... (laughs) And there is a a line, there's also a line between, like, the AAA failures, which are... Delightful. Triple A failures. Oh, yeah, like a triple A movie failure. Yeah, Yeah, like it has names and a budget. And the stuff we show, which is not, you know, this is like C or D movie stuff. But I think one of the things that does carry, one of the themes that carries through is earnestness. Yeah. Like, you know, someone had a vision and they pursued that vision with 100% of their. Ability, and just just whiffed, just completely <laughs> whiffed, and I mean that's funny to watch. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, as someone who has whiffed a lot in his life, it's just like, no, nah, no, that was a real dumb fucking thing I did. I it think- is objectively funny <laughs> now that time has passed. So. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I think the perfect example of that is Wicked World, which is one we showed a couple oh, months ago. Oh, yeah. So this guy in the early 90s, late 80s, basically just made this very low-budget slasher film. Um, and he didn't have the money to finish it, so he basically shoved it into his garage. And then 10 years later, came back, was like, here's that movie I made. <laughs> and spent the money and put it together, and it's, it's not a good movie. No. But he was committed to his art. And, you know, like, he got it done. It took him 10 years, but it got him done. And, like, so there's, like, kind of a layer of affection about yeah. these movies, too. Because it's, yeah. like, you know, we've shown, we've shown stuff that was, like, shot in a guy's backyard. And, like, how cool yeah. is that? That yeah. somebody is, like, I'm going to make a full-length movie with no budget, no real actors, just my dad in, like, overalls yelling at someone. Like, And they're still entertaining movies to watch. Yeah. It's yeah. a different type of entertainment than what they were going for. But, mm-hmm. like... We are entertained. We are enjoying this as the audience. So, you know, thank you, filmmaker, <laughs> for that. It's like that's that's a very honest sentiment. I have. It's like, listen, this didn't turn out the way you wanted to, yeah. but we're here. We're enjoying it for what it is, and I I think that is a kind of a a kind of compliment. Yeah. I but, don't know. Depends but, on the person who receives the compliment. There, there is so. In, in in the watching that I do, I watch most of it with my partner, and uh, she and I will will sit there and <laughs> we do a version of a game where we look at the runtime of the movie, mm-hmm. and then we look at how long we've paused it and watching like shit mm-hmm. that we should not mm-hmm. care about. So mm-hmm. we started doing it with movie trailers, especially because you have so many different platforms to watch things. So I, I, it's a lot of dreck out there, and. Yeah. It was some weird HBCU domestic violence movie. 
And I just now, like my, my girlfriend, she's shaped in a, in a very specific way. And she was like, I know a big ass when I see one. So she pauses and she was like, this woman, <laughs> she just stopped. She's like, part of her ass is in the screen, the other part is not. <laughs> and I was just like, you paused it right there. I was like, this is a, this is a tragic movie. He's done it before. It's kind of what they keep saying. And I was like, we shouldn't be laughing this hard. And then it just ends on this weird thing that I find out that one of my friends who I'm going to interview was like, oh, I was in that movie. I was like, hold on, <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's bad. She was yeah. like, I know it's bad. She's like, I'm just starting. That's fine. Yeah. I think um, a lot of people who are in bad movies know they're bad. Like, it's like, it, it's hard to kind of have those illusions. Like, if you're just, if the, like, you know if you have a bad director or a bad producer. Mm-hmm. And they'll just, it's, it's if, if it's a paycheck, it's a paycheck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are some directors who have no concept that they are bad. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh No, no, he knows what he is. Uh, Neil Breen thinks oh. he is a god among men when it comes to directors. U- Uwe Boll knows what he's doing. He was it was a tax uh, ta- German tax scheme, and it worked out well for him. And the reason he doesn't make movies anymore is because Germany closed that tax loophole. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, no. There's a there's a great article about uh, uh, out there somewhere where it's just like you just get a bunch of people to invest in his movies because of this German tax loophole, and they would just write off the losses, and he would get the money and make his movie, uh, and they would get their tax write off, and everybody was happy except for the people who watched the movies. So you're saying no Blood Rain Five? Sadly, no. <laughs> no. Shit. <laughs> oh, Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley is one I, of those. Can I dream? <laughs> oh, he makes so many shitty movies. Uh, yes. Um. And he's got an Oscar. He was in The Sopranos. Was he? He has a cameo in The Sopranos. Oh. We, we, were, we were watching, it was a movie like, when, whenever there's something that is, is done well, you start looking at, you start looking at certain things until you realize it's a turd, right? Yeah. And I remember we were watching um, Malignant. And I still need to watch more. I heard such good things. It's, it's a point where I, I'm just watching. I was like, "Oh, this is just a bad movie." Yeah. That's literally the realization that came to us. Like, "Oh, I was trying to watch it. Like, this is gonna be great horror." It's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's just bad." Mm-hmm. And we it, it passed the sniff test that we have of how many people wet their beak. Like, how many writers are here? How many production yeah. companies? It's like clean, clean. We're good. It's like, what is missing here? And then when it turns into an action movie, and I was like. Oh, yeah. oh, they're going full. They're going completely there. Yeah. I was like, this is great. This is what I'm here to see. I was like, but it's just done too well in terms of like how it's shot and things of that nature for it to yeah. be like, this is dog shit. It's like, you still chose to do this though. Cause I'm not trying to spoil anything. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I, I, you're going to see I, it. I'm going to, I'm going to watch it for the schlock, not because like I'm invested in the world of malignant. <laughs> So, so Mike, um, I see Magfest, Mondo, Baltimore, and you're you're working at the Space Telescope, Telescope Science Institute. How do you find that that creative niche, and what skills are you borrowing to kind of help you with another area of what you do day to day? Well, like I said earlier, uh, I, I've uh, kind of existed on some uh, on like the environs of a lot of different kind of artistic uh, communities because like. I, I have like a science and math background, so I can bring that to people and just be like, hey, you want me to do your spreadsheets or like organize your front of house? And like, 
be reliable and show up on time and actually do what I'm sa I'm going to uh, uh, what I tell you I'm going to do, which is apparently a big deal. Just being <laughs> just showing up. Mm -hmm. I yeah, it, it seems like the most basic thing in the world to me. But everyone's like, no, they flaked out. It's like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and then you know conversely the. Um, the artistic side helps professionally just because, like, it's it's good basic people skills, mm -hmm. good basic communication skills. You can talk to people. You can, you know, you can lead a meeting. You can teach someone something that uh, that you need them to be able to do in the future. It's it, it's a, a lot of sort of give and take with those those two disciplines where it's like, okay, this this side needs that, this other side needs that, I've got the skills from, from both sides, and let's just kind of cross-pollinate there. It's almost a daywalker situation, I think. Uh, a, a little bit. Yeah. I, I remember I, I was the one in, the, in my theater department that people would go to for help with their math problems. <laughs> So. They just go to me to like bully people because it's like <laughs> it's like I'm a pussy cat, but then at the same time it's like you're big though. It's like yeah. eh, it's offensive slightly. It's like and you have eyebrows. It's like again more offensive. Uh, <laughs> and there is a jar on the top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> so use those paws and open it. I need my pickles. <laughs> so Roz, how are Frau Ankenstein? Steen, Stein, Steen, and you different. The real person versus the non-real person. <laughs> Where do they converge? Where do they intersect? Where do they uh, separate? Um, I'm actually, so it's kind of um, what what John Bennett said initially about his his uh, persona. was He was Dr. Acula. Uh, so I went with Frau Ankenstein as like a little tribute to him. He said, my persona is fun enough uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, like, we're self-aware that what we're showing people is not good. And, you know, we're kind of in on the joke, too. Mm -hmm. So we all we usually have, like, a little bit of sarcasm about uh, about what we're doing, like a little yeah. bit of fake contempt for the audience. Like, you guys are stupid <laughs> for showing up here every yes. week kind of deal. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, fake. Great. There's a couple of movies where I've, I've warned people not to show up, and they do anyway, and I call them dumbasses. <laughs> you stupids. Uh, yeah. How dare you come to this event that we planned I... meticulously? <laughs> no, but um, and, and so like Frau is like more of my my like raw tapped in performer side because yeah. in general I'm a pretty shy person. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm pretty quiet until I get to know people and start feeling comfortable, and so. There's just something, and it always has been for me, that clicks when I'm on stage and I can just be like, okay, everything else I worry about all the time doesn't matter. I'm here in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I can be sarcastic. I can be, like, funny. I could be, like, a MC if things need to move along. And it's just, like, it, it's just sort of an amplified piece of my personality, I yeah. think. <laughs> I think that's about accurate. It's a, yeah, it's sort of like the, the vibe I get yeah. when we're up there. That's that's kind of the, the thing that they say for like um, uh, wrestlers. They're your best gimmick is just you turned up, and yeah. <laughs> it, and I I definitely kind of connect on it. That's why I have such a desire to like do the on stage stuff. It's much work there that there is for me, but it's just like oh oh I could just be a dick. Oh yeah. great, and I could just let the like I have this mic. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah, 
And I come out to wrestling music sometimes too, so Hell that's yeah. the whole nice. thing. I just turn it on, just put on Shinsuke Nakamura's like New Japan theme, and let's make it happen. Hell yeah! Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we kind of did that. Well, I did that last night with the with the presentation. <laughs> Spin it. Yeah. Uh, one thing. Um, so during the pandemic, we were doing, or during lockdown, we're still in a pandemic. Um, <laughs> We were doing weekly shows because uh, we were trapped at home and bored and missed each other. Uh, so we were we were doing like these weekly stream shows where you know we'd still get dressed up and we'd we'd be on camera uh, from our respective bunkers, and um, because uh, before in the before time. Um, a lot of our, like, intermission stick would usually just kind of be, like, interactions with the audience. You can't really do that uh, on streaming. So we would come up with little skits, like, I would put together a, a weird presentation to give. Like, it was just usually tangentially related to the movie. And I uh, was not sure how that would uh, transition to the in-person shows, but we gave it a shot last night. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, uh, in the movie we showed there was a guy doing a terrible Peter Lorre impersonation. And I hated it. I hated it so much. <laughs> so I put together a little PowerPoint uh, about, you know, just like, okay, here's who Peter Lorre is. <laughs> this guy is not Peter Lorre. This is Peter Lorre. And then just ramped my normal pettiness up to 11. And, you know, was just... Yelling at a PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> and then the audience is like, "This is important. You need to know about this. Look at this beautiful, perfect man. <laughs> Not that guy. He's an asshole. Peter Laurie. That is gold. So yeah, no, it's definitely just like yeah, all my, all my normal pettiness. Just let it all out. I'm here for it. Hmm. I have um. Two more questions before I get to the rapid fire questions. Oh, Ooh, yeah, rapid fire. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, so tell me about some of the challenges in, in like hosting niche programming and some of the ways you overcome them. And with that, how are you like cultivated audience? Understand that there's a team and there's a whole production component and things have done meticulously. But speak on that, and because I'm going to steal, but speak on that. <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, we're dealing with old movies like we're dealing a lot of times with stuff like action comedies from the 80s and there are, there are aspects of these movies that do not age well they are hashtag problematic <laughs> Collision um, yeah so I mean we we try to screen that out as best we can yeah. that's been contentious at times and understandably so yeah. like we don't want someone to like not have fun mm-hmm. and yeah. come out so and, you know we don't want to and but there's also like a line of like censorship with art, and it's like, but yeah, also like scenes of sexual assault are not great. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we have a lot of arguments about those, <laughs> about how far to go with that at committee yeah. meetings. But um, yeah, and sometimes so. it's fine if we feel like we can contextualize it for the audience, and that's that's a good thing about having hosts. Like if it's if it's something that's little iffy, but not. Maybe if the movie has, like, a lot of other good stuff to recommend it and it's not too, too bad, like, we can contextualize it a bit. Or it's, like, if um, if it's super over the top, the joke becomes more, I can't believe somebody would think this was a good idea to mm-hmm. have on film. Like Tiptoes, like you know? Like Tiptoes. The joke of Tiptoes is not little people. The joke is that somebody took the saccharine Hollywood... <laughs> 
vision of an inspirational movie about little people, and they made this horrible, oh horrible God. creature while wasting simultaneously one of the best little people actors of all time mm -hmm. in a supporting role. Um, and there, so there are scenes yeah. with Gary Oldman <laughs> in sitting on a couch, but he is like kneeling in the couch and they have just a pair of like little person legs attached to his midsection. It is phenomenal that someone saw that and was like, that looks good. I think we nailed it, guys. Yeah. That's that's the thing that I like look for sometimes where it's just like, this is what you chose. This yeah. was the decision yes. that was made. No yeah. no conversation was had. Yeah. Yeah. I speak speaking of Peter Dinklage, I know this has nothing to do with it, but I, I just remember when me and um one of my friends, we were watching uh what is it? Uh I think Infinity War, and I was like, why is Peter Dinklage in this? And then he was like the dude with doing it, like doing like uh the, the, the friggin' axe hammer or whatever for Thor, and I was like, this doesn't this isn't right. I don't like this. I don't like that he's a giant, but he still has the I don't like this at all. I don't like it. I was like, something is wrong here. I was like, bodies, no. Nah, let's move on. Um Yeah, that's um I don't know. I, like, I find a lot of humor in that kind of area, too, where it's just like, you guys made an attempt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. It wasn't the best version of it. You were aiming for something so abashedly that you just, no. You just you just fucked up. Yeah. It's 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 a fine line all around. It really, I mean, we've screwed up before. Like, we, we, we have, have shown a movie or two, and people were not happy about it, which Ooh. is like, every, it's, it's going to happen. It does. And it's one of the reasons, like, personally, like, I do make sure I watch every single movie before it goes up just so you know if there needs to be like a last minute like hey guys uh there's a pretty bad scene here we should probably cut that out before we show it and just like mm -hmm. tell people and just be like or, or just do something with it because like there i i was there there were there was a couple nights people have uh just been like really upset because the movie wasn't screened beforehand. Mm -hmm. A scene was missed, and it was very. It just it killed the entire night. Um, and I mean, also the inevitability of it is, you know, I think mostly we're white people on the committee, so there's yeah. stuff that is going to be triggering to other people that we might not pick up on. Mm -hmm. I'm the only woman, so I try to I try to watch everything myself too, just in case the dudes aren't like quite, you know, pick it up on yeah. some kind of undercurrent. Yeah. Um, so we, we try. We're going to miss the mark, though. And that's just we it's all about how you deal with it when that happens. You know, don't be a dick to people if they come to you and you're like, that was fucked up. Yeah. I, like, I, I remember having that conversation with one of my white friends and <laughs> it, it was just like we were talking about the um, like just being so attached to one's fandom. And not being mm -hmm. able to like actually understand like why this could be troubling to someone. Yeah. It's like, oh, so when I think we were talking about like the Apu character, I was like, eh, I was like, brown dudes don't like that. What do you mean? It's uh -oh. like brown dudes don't like that. I don't think that there's much more. Well, here's the thing you gotta understand. It's like, oh no. Oh, when when they start with that. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. And then at the same time, because like I like to live in that kind of transgressive area somewhere sometimes because it's kind of funny and I'll and I'll put it this way. Yeah. Um RoboCop 2. Mm -hmm. There is a scene in there that is the the genesis of a segment I did on this podcast called Unofficially Black that I was called that I was calling Great Moments in Black Exploitation. 
and it was the scene where they're rolling over there to the nuke shack, as it were, and the guy at the hot dog stand is a black dude. He's like, every black guy's uncle, and he's like, they about to kick somebody's ass. <laughs> and I was like, this is a real person. All of that is wrong, but this is this guy's, like, this is going to be yes. this guy's obit reel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, B-movies really do exist in that that really nebulous, like, sort of taboo pushing, but also, like, cringy area. Mm-hmm. You, know, you you B-movies are where you get the experimentation in cinema that will ultimately, like, push it further. It's like, hey, uh, we can't have, like, uh, women starring uh, in a movie yet uh, because men aren't going to come see that. Nope. But then the B-movie people are like, what if we had a woman starring in our movie and she was 50 foot tall and scantily clad? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, don't like that part, but we also don't get to the mainstream <laughs> acceptance of women in film unless you start with the cringy stuff. And it's not great. I'm not saying it's great, but it's like... Yeah. It's it's the best. Sometimes it's the best we can do in our very broken system. Well, it's also like too with a lot of the '80s action movies that mm-hmm. we show. There's titties. Like there's just seas and seas of objectification of women yep. and just titties of all of all types. You know, and that's fine. It's beautiful. We're team titty, whatever. But at the same time, that's great. <laughs> at the same time, we have to like realize like this has to be part of the joke is like the horrible yeah, objectification yeah. of women mm-hmm. in this movie. So we'll do call outs about it in the drinking game. Um, we get like really stupid over the top heckling moments like that. Any sex scene in a bar, watching a sex scene in a bar <laughs> with drunk people is the most fun you'll have in it's your life. It is great. Cause everyone just goes, yeah, you know, and like, um, Woo! yeah, or we'll it, have, it turns into married with children. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we have a recurring joke about 80s long butt. Um, <laughs> oh, I was going to say that because I, yeah. Yeah, go, go, you explain yeah. oh, okay. it. You explain it because it's perfect. 80s long butt is a term that was coined by Mark Colcrum. Mm, mm, mm. uh, and he'll never live it down. No, uh, because it's great. And so there is a time in the 80s when all of the female characters in action movies had very flat, very... Long butts usually accentuate, accentuate, accentuated. Like a thong that with a, would like just a very small thong. Went, it like it, but like a thong that would like went halfway up their rib cage. Yes, yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they had machine guns. Yes, exactly. The Andy Sedaris movies. <laughs> yeah, their butts are so long. It's just like, this was attractive. This is a long ass scene here. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I mean, thank God for Sir Mix-a-Lot's transformative work, because otherwise I would have never gotten a date. But, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and so, you know, Andy Sedaris movies are fun to watch, but they're full of objectification of women. So it then becomes part of the joke where you're like, another 80s long butt, 80s long butt, yep. mm-hmm. you know? And so it's just, I mean, it's all about, like, finding the right way to make a joke about something yeah. like that. So. One of the things that, that, that comes to mind is uh, one of the things that you were saying, Mike, um, just about, like, how do we get here, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. I always go back to Nightmare on the Street, too. 
and because one movie came out the year it was born, so mm-hmm. fair uh, year, I, I good do year. That. I do that, um, but also it's just like you look at the the documentary from the male screen queen, that whole thing, and it's like no, there were some problematic elements here. You did not have a great time. However, Very much so. we don't get some of those those elements of like pretty much what this character represented. It's like this movie is super gay. I, I just remember yeah. like watching. I was like, <laughs> "That's a leather bar." Like, why is this? Why is this like like gym guy going to this leather? I was like, "There's a lot of things happening here," and I was like, "Nah." It's like the the, the thing that bugged me the most. <laughs> there's a guy inside of me. I was like, "This is this is writing," yeah. or um the. What was it? Um, the, the underwear dancing was a bit much for me. <laughs> it's like a lot of tidy whities a lot of like, oh, yeah. yeah. But I downloaded that song now immediately. It's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah, good song. Um, how weird is Baltimore? <laughs> okay, a, I'm gonna. I have a story. All right. I, I, I want to yep. preface it. I want to add this to it though. How weird is Baltimore in this context? Do we get the notoriety of being weird outside of people who are here. No, no, okay. we, we definitely don't. Mm-mm. People are like, they think we're either like scary or uh, or dirty or trashy. But, um, oh, that, no. we're going. <laughs> I mean, a very, very good friend of mine is an author named Dave K. He routinely will like go to other cities and like do little book tour things, like nothing, nothing huge, just like you know, independent stuff. Uh, plug for Dave K's book, uh, the bong ripping, uh, the bong ripping brides, brides of Count Dragato. It's actually quite fun. So, when Dave goes to other uh, cities and he's sharing stories with uh, the people there, he tells them about McDonald's Night. <laughs> McDonald's Night was uh, an event held uh, up the street from here at the wind-up space. Rest in uh, peace. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Uh, this was a, a, a jokes night started by uh, Justin Getka, and it was a night to celebrate McDonald's and how dumb it was. <laughs> so people came with McDonald's from across the street. He, he bought a bunch of $1 cheeseburgers. We watched Mac and Me. <laughs> there was a really shitty ball pit. People came dressed up as various uh, uh, McDonald's characters. There was the uh, the, the house band, the All Queef Patties, and oh then uh, the drink specials. Uh, I forget most of them except the one I had, which was the McNuggetini, which was a uh, uh, vanilla shake with vodka and a martini glass with. Barbecue sauce around the rim and a, uh, a, a McNugget um, a garnish. Gross. Uh, also, <laughs> that's, and that's how I met Justin Gekka because I offered to bring the the terrible uh, McDonald's NES game. Oh. Uh, so when Dave is telling people about McDonald's night, they'll think like, "Oh yeah, that's really kind of fun and kitschy," and then he keeps telling them about it and the the levels of debauchery it descended to. There was an eating contest, and I watched my friends throw up on stage. Oh God! And that's yeah, that's their reaction, yeah. and they and they're just like that. That happened. It's like yeah, it was amazing, and so like they, they, other cities be like, "Oh yeah, we have a, kind of a weird, fun art culture." It's just like. No. <laughs> you do not worship at the altar of trash that we do. <laughs> you are going to f- you will find the weirdest shit in Baltimore and I love it. Yeah. Are you loving it? 
That is how every song from the All Queef Patties ended. <laughs> As it should. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever random punk song. <laughs> the end. It was a very dumb night, and I love it. Alrighty. Are you ready for rapid fire questions? Oh, we're yeah. ready. All right. So rapid fire, because uh, I because I'm trying to get this over because I just I just started doing it. <laughs> and essentially, uh, these are questions that do not require any additional context. So it's one of those I said what I said kind of scenarios. All right. All right. Favorite movie cliche. Hearing the name of the movie in the movie. That's a strong one. Getting laid and dying immediately. Also a strong one. Horror, horror trope. Mm-hmm. Um, three traits of a good B movie. 80s long butt. 80s long butt. <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's what I would save an 80s long butt for. <laughs> 80s uh. long butt, bad acting, and usually some kind of technical problem. Oh, that's good. Uh, I was just going to say, like, earnestness mm. uh, and uh, good, like, puppet work. Or, oh, yeah. Or better yet, wet puppets. Wet puppets are good. Yeah. <laughs> my, my girlfriend's going to love the <laughs> 80s long butt thing because she talks about that regularly. She's like, what's up with all these kitty bitches? I was like, jeez. It was a thing. Look, Sir Mix-a-Lot has done a lot for us larger-butted people. Larger. There is just a bunch of tall, skinny white women with no butt in these movies. Everywhere. Every movie has like five of them. Yeah. I I just remember (laughs) we were watching the original like Stepfather and I was like, is that Terry Quinn's asshole? Is, is at the very beginning of the movie? And she was like, oh, that's pretty erotic. It's just, it just starts out with his ass and then he's taking a shower and you just see like the body. So I'm like, hold on. <laughs> like, this is where we're starting, guys? Um, because I've seen this, I've seen one of these recently. Extra points if you can guess which one. Um, preference. The stuff or chud? Stuff. Stuff. Which I'm, one have I seen? Chud. I'm, yeah, I'm going to guess Chud. The stuff, actually. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Chocolate Chip Charlie. Uh, favorite B-movie actor? So uh, we were talking about this. Okay. Uh, well, for me, off the top of my head, Bruce Campbell. I, I love him. But we were going through, I was talking to my wife about, like, the tears earlier because <laughs> I had trouble with that. And I'm going to also, like, quick shout out to Jeffrey Coombs because... He's great. We love him. Yeah. <laughs> you never have a bad time watching Jeffrey. Davis. He got his own PowerPoint one time. He did. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to say, I don't know if Pam Greer technically counts anymore, but I love a good Pam Greer. Also, Julie Strain, mm. um, this, like, former Playboy's mega babe, like, in all these 80s action movies as a scantily clad, like, commanding woman that kicks ass. It's, like, not quite a feminist icon, but we'll take it. That's as close as we're going to get. Yeah, for an Andy Sedaris film, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Any LB in that one? Any LB? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Andy Sedaris invented LB. Yeah. (laughs) All right, here's the last one. Uh, This might be the controversial one. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, The Blob, 1958 or 1988? I'm going 88 because it's the year I was born. I haven't seen either. (gasps) I know. I know. Shame. Listen, there are weird holes in my knowledge that usually <laughs> usually form around like movies that are already cult- cultural ch- uh, touchstones. It's just like, well, everyone's already seen that 
and I see it referenced everywhere. And like, I got it. It's fine. <laughs> I'm all sad. Yeah. <laughs> We've got very similar holes in our knowledge, which That's, is why yeah. we always joke about being the two people in the Mondo <laughs> Committee who like have, know the least about film. Yeah. Because there, somebody will be referencing. Like, it's like directors' names, unless we've showed a bunch of their movies for Mondo. I don't. I couldn't give you a goddamn clue about a single movie Brett Ratner has directed. I know he's a director. I know his name. No idea. Like, I just do not connect director to movies. Did he do Rush Hour? Yes. Okay. And uh, X-Men 3. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we should know his name. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. He's dog shit. Yeah, yeah, fuck him. Yeah, 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 fuck him. (laughs) All right, fair enough. so that's all the questions I had, but I want to open the floor up to you to just, just one, thank you. This has been fun. That's yeah, great. This is great. Uh, nice. I've laughed, now my stomach hurts. Um, so shamelessly plug, plug away, whatever you got. <laughs> you can uh, you can catch Mondo on the first Thursday of every month. Yep. Um, it is, uh, we have our clip show at 7 and our main feature at 8. Sometimes upstairs at the Autobar. Upstairs at the Autobar. Sometimes there's karaoke after, which is always fun. We're figuring that out as we, you know, emerge from our bunkers. Yeah. Um, also, I would say check out uh, Mondo Committee member Bob Rose is a short film director. His stuff is wild and crazy. You can find him on YouTube. Um, he does a uh, Thundergrunt Podcast Network. Yeah. Where there's like movie reviews there too. Yep. Um, we do occasionally do other weird nights. Uh, you you would have missed this a couple months ago, but we did a Top Gun night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sang with the it was band. it was great. It oh, was very so well attended. Good. Top Gun night. I was there. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wore a flight suit. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna plug my own new podcast, which is starting up. Um, so I have a podcast called Wasted Brains that I'm working on, and it is about people's niche interests. So like, what are you into? What do you know a lot about that has nothing to do with what you do for a job or who you are as a person? Because sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night and you just start Googling things about octopuses and maybe you want to know more. As one does. Yeah. So um, that should be coming out. It's through my friend's uh, District Comedy uh, Podcast Network. So that'll be coming out soon. Sounds like one. Yeah. Um, Website, social media, that kind of stuff for Amanda? We do have a website. We do have a website. <laughs> I think it's updated. Um, we're, <laughs> we're, we are on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we're on Instagram. Um, so those are the best places. Also, I'm just going to go low tech for a minute. Please. We're very good about flyering. So I don't know what that is. Fl- flyers. I'm, I'm kidding. Back in the <laughs> they're on this thing called paper. <gasps> Um, so, you know, if you ever see, we usually post, like, a three-month schedule at different locations, auto bar, like, different venues like that. We should probably get some up at sidebar. We should. Uh, it is mondobaltimore.com. Be careful if you Google us, though, because there's another group in town called Le Mondo, and they are not us. And <gasps> that's all I'm going to say about that, that on a place that can be recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So what yep. you're saying, I'm not interviewing the folks from Lamonda? <laughs> <laughs> I've wasted an hour. <laughs> I think you traded up, but that's all I'm going to say. So, again, thank you. Um, I'll do my sign off, and that'll be that. All righty. So for Roz Paris, Michael Ridgeway, Mondo Baltimore, I'm Rob Lee saying that there is weird shit in and around Baltimore. And great, 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 great presentations, great shows. He's got to look for them.